Thanks for choosing to listen to another City Point West podcast. I trust that this message empowers and encourages you to continue your journey of faith. Enjoy. I love actually sowing my life into God. There's no better place to be. You know, when we serve God, we are filled with hope. We are filled with peace. We are filled with joy. You know, man's greatest need in this world today is hope. In a world full of darkness, men need hope. People need hope. They need something to attach their faith to, a vision to attach their faith to so they can walk and go, God, you got this. God, I'm not going to get stuck in the skirmish in the moment. I'm not going to get stuck in the circumstances. God, you created the heavens and the earth. You've got all things. What is it that you cannot do? See, God's not the problem. Often it's our vision is a problem. Our, able to, our ability to see beyond the skirmish and the circumstance becomes the blockage for the great things that God's got for your life. Can I just encourage you, if you've ever had a word spoken over your life, get it out, write it down, grab a hold of the vision of that and walk towards that. Walk in the fact that you already attained that vision. Walk in the fact that God spoke it over you, that it will be for you. Anyone forgot some promises this morning? Who's got some promises lined up in their life? Hey, come on, who's got some promises that God's speaking over your life? Can I just say that the Word of God, the Bible, it is full of promises just for you. And when you get your head and your heart in the Bible, the promise of those things will start to outwork in your life. And God will start to download and speak to who you are. Amen? Are we ready to receive direction this morning? 1 Timothy uh, 1, King James Version says this. I love this scripture. It says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God our Saviour and Lord Jesus Christ, which is our great... That was three people. Which is our great... Is Jesus your great hope this morning, church? Are we saved this morning, church? Washed in the blood, set free. And Jesus is your great hope this morning, church. What a great place to be in. Know that your eternity is signed off, signed, sealed, delivered, that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life this morning. I'm excited about that. I don't know if you guys are, but I'm excited about having my name written in the Lamb's book of life because Jesus Christ is my great hope in every circumstance. 2 Timothy 1.7 says it is for God hath not given us a spirit of fear, come on, say it with me, but a power of love and a sound mind. Power, love, sound mind. Is any any times in your life where you're just like, I'm a crazy person? Yep, I can see some hands around the place. You know, the, the enemy wants to come in and tell you you're a crazy person. Isn't it true? Circumstances get around your head. Things get around your life. Situations come around your world. And you stop looking vertically and you start looking horizontally into the circumstances and then sometimes these things just get a little out of control. Don't they? But Jesus is our great hope. And we need to remember that Jesus is our great hope and that we have a spirit of power. It's not by power. It's not by might. But we have a spirit that keeps our mind sound. It keeps peace around our heart, peace around our thinking. And if you're in challenge this morning, you have a challenge around your life, I want you to meditate on that scripture. 
but God has not given me a spirit of fear. How can there be fear if you have Jesus Christ dwelling within you? How can there be fear if you have the Spirit of God wrapped around your life? How can you be fearful if your soul is given to the blood of Christ? What a great, great place to be in. You got challenges, can I just encourage you this morning to start to speak those things over your life? You've got circumstances around to start to speak to those circumstances. Speak to those mountains. Speak to those situations. Because you know what? We serve a great hope this morning. Charles Spurgeon said this, Consider how precious a soul must be when both God and the devil are after it. What a great statement. Doesn't that just put things into perspective? We're in this constant battle but we but Jesus has won the battle of our our life but we've just got to continue to give ourselves to that it's easy to stop giving ourselves to Jesus and to the great salvation that Jesus has and it's easy to give ourselves to situations it's easy to give ourselves to fear it's easy to give ourselves to anxiety but God is our great hope when the God and the devil are after it doesn't that put things into perspective The message title today is Right Place, Right Time, Right Message. A couple of weeks ago, um, I got home from work and I kicked my shoes off. And you know when you kick your shoes off, you're done, right? Is anyone else like that? Shoes come off, you're like, that's it. I'm not doing anything else today. You know, you might undo the top button of your jeans. I don't know. I don't know what your thing is, but once that thing happens, that's it. And the phone rang. I got this phone call. And it was from this young man, and he was like, I need to talk to a pastor. I'm like, yep, no worries, let's chat. And uh, he's like, no, I need to see you in person. I'm like, in my head, but my shoes are off. <laughs> like, seriously? It's like 5.30, do we really need? And I'm like, hey, let's just chat over the phone. He's like, no, 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 I really need to see you in person. I'm like, man. Thank you, Jesus. Like, literally. I'm like, can you tell me what it's about? And I, he's like, no, 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 I, I'd rather really speak to you. And I'm thinking, I'm going to get shigged. I'm going to turn up and there'll be a bunch of thugs, right? He's going to give me a flogging. Then I started to think, maybe you should take Matt with me. Now, I don't know if you know Matt, but Matt's up for anything. So <laughs> he's just like, right, let's go. What are we doing? <laughs> so I was like, really, Lord, come on. My shoes are off, it's 5.30, I need to keep. He's like, no, you need to go. The Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, you need to go and see this person. I'm like, okay, we're going to meet at Macca's. So we met at Macca's at Richland's and when I turned up, he was decidedly distressed. And he wasn't a Christian guy, he was just someone that um, he'd gotten our number and he really needed to talk to somebody. And he was really kind of, you know when people are so distressed, they can barely communicate. And he was only a young guy, he was like 30, 30 years old, 34 years old, something like that. I'm like, hey, how are you going? And he looked me up and down and went, you're a pastor? I went, yeah. <laughs> I'm it, buddy. Sorry, you called, I come. That's how it went. So, <laughs> like, how can I help you, you know? <laughs> Don't laugh that hard, okay, come on. It wasn't, I'm not that funny. I mean, Seriously. And uh, I said, mate, what, how can I help you? 
And he goes, I don't know how to explain it. He said, I'm not a believer. I don't believe in any of this stuff. I'm like, what stuff is that? He goes, I'm a country boy. I grew up with a good family. We're not religious. We've never been involved in church. I don't believe in anything that you believe in. And I'm like, what am I doing here? Like, proper, what am I doing here? And he goes, but something's happened. I said, go on. And he said, well, I went and saw a psychologist because I was having all these challenges in my world. And I'm like, okay. And he said, let me explain to you what these challenges were. He said, in the last 18 months, I've broken up with my wife. He said, I've, I've had lots of challenges at work. And in the last 18 months, this gentleman had come to work with us. Uh, he was a spray painter, panel beater. And the gentleman started, him and this guy started hanging out and going fishing and doing stuff, going after the other kind of thing. And um, as soon as this guy came into his world, he started to realise that things in his life started to change. And the, the attachment become a little unhealthy. And this gentleman made this bone carving specially for him and gave it to him. And he said, ever since I took that thing, my life has just gone downhill. He said, what do you make of that? I said, well, first of all, there's no power in that thing. It's a thing. It's as powerful as my sunglasses. But the spirit behind that thing is a thing that we need to start to talk about. And he, he's like started to really freak out. He's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, hey, whether you believe it or not, there are things greater than what you can see. They push people around like chess boards, like chess pieces on a chess board. Because we don't subscribe to, or they don't subscribe to Jesus Christ being their hope, then covered in the blood of Christ, and they're operating under the authority and principalities of this world. At which point, he actually just went quite pale. And I'm like, it's going to be okay. You're going to be fine. And he said, well, let me tell you what the psychologist said. I said, right, okay, let's go there. So he said, I went to see this psychologist, and after I explained my situation to him, the psychologist said, I can't help you. He said, you need to go and see a pastor. And you, 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 you've got to look at it from his perspective. He's like, say what now? I need to go and see a what? I'm paying you $200 for you to refer me to what? A pastor. He said, these are areas that I have no experience in. See, humanism, secondly, humanism has often replaced many, many, many uh, things in this world that the church used to do. We'd provide guidance for people with troubles with their soul. We'd sit down and talk about spiritual things, but the way society has moved forward, these things have been engineered out of our world. And we find ourselves, or, or many people find themselves outside of God going, I don't know what to do with a lot of these things that are happening. So we, they end up medicated. They end up in hospitals. They end up not being able to deal with some of these influences around their world. So let's pick the story up from here. I'm like, hey, you know what? This is going to be really good. So we just started talking through how to work through this. And I said in my head, three things are going to happen. Number one, whatever he's about to tell me, uh, he was desperate for answers. He was desperate for answers. For him to go against everything that he had bought, bought up to believe, every door that had been closed for him, every person that he'd spoke to him, 
He was desperate for answers. And can I just say, you know what? God loves him as much as he loves you and I. And God will direct and lead that people like that into your world, into my world, so we can speak and be in the right place, at the right time, with the right message. Number two, I said, for whatever reason, God has brought him to me. You know when people come across your world, and you're just like, man, this guy, this, this person, sometimes just challenging, you know. But we've got to see that maybe God has brought them to you because you're the only one that can speak into their world. You might have an experience or a circumstance that you can relate to that they'll only hear from you for whatever reason. Often it's too easy to turn around and go, I've already taken my shoes off God. Do I really need to be here and just check out of the situation? Number three, I had the answer that God wanted him to hear. So when we position ourselves, it's very important that we understand that God will bring people into your world that he wants you to lead to him. This is never about you. It's never about uh, what's going on in his life, in your life. I spent the next two hours actually just sitting with this guy and listening to his life story and, and just going, hey, you might be really freaked out now, but there's an answer. I can walk around without fear. I'm no longer a slave to fear because I claim Christ. I claim the blood of Jesus Christ. And you know what? Nothing has ever overpowered the blood of Christ. Darkness has never overpowered the blood of Christ. Every spirit in hell has never overpowered the blood of Christ. The blood of Christ can wash away every sin, can fix every bone, can heal every challenge. Where's your vision at? Is God your creator? Is the same God that created the universe, the heavens, the world, and everything in it? I started with, ironically enough, I said, mate, have you ever read the, ba- read the Bible? He goes, I've got one in the car. I'm like, why? He goes, I was so freaked out, I, I went to my mother's house and stole a Bible. <laughs> he said, I don't know what to do with it. He said, but I felt that, you know, when it's around me, it's, it, I, I feel better. Isn't that crazy? Right, I'm done. Right. <laughs> You're out. Thanks, Adam. <laughs> Isn't that crazy when people come around the Word, the Word, the Word, the Word, their lives change, their influences and impacted by it. He didn't even know what to do with the Bible, but he knew that's where he had to go to. Isn't that crazy? God just directing, moving people into your world. I started with um, John 1.1, and I said to him, in the beginning, right, we flipped open this Bible and said, in the beginning was a word, and the word was with God, the word was God. I said, can we say that again? He's like, okay. In the beginning was Jesus. The word was Jesus, and the word was, and Jesus was with God. And he's like, wow, in the beginning. I said, right, let's flip the Genesis. In the beginning was the word. So Jesus was in the beginning. Yeah, he was. Then, because of sin, Jesus came to earth. So we can then have reconciliation back with God the Father and, have a, and be atoned through his blood. Isn't that amazing? We flicked from there, and after we got it, it took like an hour. But after we got through that, we went through Ephesians 6 and went, 
For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers and forces of darkness, against every uh, uh, spiritual force and wickedness in heavenly places. So I was really trying to draw out for him a picture of what was going on in his world. And then started to explain to him there's nothing to fear. We're no longer slaves to this thing. You can choose to be a slave to whatever you like. That is your choice. You have free will. But whether whether that is beneficial to your carnal life and your eternal life is something very different. The problem is ignorance is always in the people that don't have eyes to see. Isn't that true? Ignorance. Ignorance. And and the, the spirit of this world will blind them. It'll turn their head in every direction as long as they're not looking to the heavens, looking to God, listening to the Jesus in their world, listening to people like you and I that will speak into their life. And finally, we got to John 1, 4, in him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. And that light that shines in the darkness and the darkness has never overpowered it. You've got to love that, right? You turn on the lights, which I walked in here this morning, it was pitch black. I mean, you cannot see three feet into this room until you turn the light on. And then it just was full of light. Light flooded this place. Light is such a powerful thing. It draws people unto itself. People that want to live in the darkness or choose to live in the darkness or find themselves living in the darkness, love the light. They just don't know how to live in it. There's not one person, genuinely, I think if you sat down and spoke to, that is living in darkness, living in challenge, living with brokenness, living with lots of things around their world that don't want to be out of that situation. I don't know anybody. But often they don't have the tools and the equipment to move forward. We're seeing a great revival around the world right now. We see... In the Philippines, incredible, thousands of people coming to Christ, getting baptized. In America, Turkey, China, Morocco, but millions of people are flooding back to Christ. Because the darkness in the world, there's a sense, right? There's there's an urgency that's coming around what's happening in the world today that they need to make some choices. And when you get things like this young man who's like, I don't understand what's going on here, I don't believe in any of this stuff. I actually said to him, clearly the evidence of your circumstance as a non-believer tell you that it exists whether you believe it or not. You've got the light. You've got the power. You've got the message. You've got the Spirit of God. And we just need to tune ourselves to what that is saying to you. You know, often, like, we just need to discipline our mind, discipline our thinking. What am I looking at? What am I allowing to come into my world to distract who I am? What are these things that are pulling me away? Am I blind to people who God's bringing across my path? Am I blind? Am I lazy around these things? And this is something I challenge myself with. God, I've just kicked my shoes off. You know what? God's got time. He's got patience. You know, with people in the dark, when they can't lead themselves anymore, they've got to turn to the light. 
You don't notice that. When people end up in a situation where they can't walk themselves forward anymore, they'll often turn to people for guidance, advice, and these kind of things. And we've got to position ourselves and make sure that we are aware and, and, and light and um, ready for those guys. When I read uh, the light shines in the darkness and darkness has never overcome it, I always think of a lighthouse. You know, lighthouse is a funny, round, innocuous-looking building. Has anyone been to a lighthouse? Yep. They serve zero purpose during the day. None. Absolutely, they're okay to look at. They're fun to paint. You know, but they are useless during the day. But it's not until darkness comes when the power of what they can bring will save lives. It will save souls. When darkness falls, the whole purpose of a lighthouse comes into being. And millions of people thank God that that lighthouse is where it is. Situated where it is. Can I just say, in your workplace, you can be a lighthouse. And when darkness comes to somebody, this is your time to shine. Isn't that great? Isn't that exciting? When, 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 when darkness comes to someone's world, you can sit there and go, hey, let me show you who the great hope is. Let me start to lead you and just start to speak into your world about what the light can bring. It's an incredible, exciting journey. Ephesians 4, uh, 5.14 says this, For anything that becomes visible in the light, therefore it says, Awake, O sleeper, arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. What a beautiful scripture. My first thought today is stay alert. Nightfall's coming. Stay alert. In today's day and age, infinitely distractible. Who's got kids? Infinitely distractible. Who has to go to work? Infinitely distractible. Many things want to rob and steal your focus. Problems, situations, circumstances want to rob and steal your focus but when we we continue to allow the spirit of God to speak to us and lead us and talk to us those hurdles and those challenges and those pathways become clear and easy you know the purpose of a lighthouse is to shine light Uh, that's what it's designed to do a lighthouse is only useful if the lighthouse keeper keeps the light shining there's plenty of lighthouses but the bulb's broken. Isn't that crazy? It breaks my heart to think about, I wouldn't even like to think the amount of people that have walked away from God because darkness has consumed them. Because they stop fixing their eyes on the great hope that is Christ. That they stop speaking to the Spirit of God. They stop allowing the Spirit of God to speak to their circumstance. They stopped seeing that God is bigger than every situation, no matter what's going on. They stopped allowing themselves to be led. And it breaks my heart. I know dozens of people that have walked away from Christ, that will not confess Jesus as their Lord and Saviour, but deep down in their heart they know that they must come back to the light. They know it.
A lighthouse keeper understands it's important to keep the light burning for all those travelling in the dark. You know, when a boat's stuck in the ocean, there's times when they can't see a lighthouse. Imagine that, they'll be sailing, there's no lighthouse to be seen. But when they get close to danger, and danger being the shoreline, the lighthouse must shine. So you've got to be ready in season and out, season, and out of season for people to come along. Left field, left field, someone comes along. And the worst thing you can do, I think, is pretend that they're okay. Not my problem. When darkness falls, light shines from within the lighthouse. Lighthouse keeper will never know the number of lives that are saved for keeping the light shining. You know, a lighthouse keeper turns up every day at the right time to do his job. Because he understands the very fact that if he doesn't do his job, people will die. Lives will be lost, souls will be lost. It's interesting to me that in the maritime world, they speak about souls, don't they? They don't speak about lives, they speak 100 souls were lost or 200 souls were lost. Or in aircraft, aviation, it's always souls, it's always souls. Souls are lost. It is so important for the lighthouse keeper to understand that when darkness starts to set in, he's got to be job ready, ready to turn on that light. So souls can be saved, not lost. People living in the darkness can see a lighthouse from afar off. Can I just say, when you're walking with God, when you are speaking great things, great life, hope, vision over people's lives, you turn up at work, you turn up in school, places you turn up, where you need to go, people can see the light within you. I've had so many people over the years say to me, what is different about you? What is it? What is it, Pastor Dave? What is it, Rach? What is it, Brian? What is it different about you? I teach week in, week out, and students always say to me, what's going on with you? And often I tell them this. I say, you know what? When you're ready to hear what I have to share with you, I would love to sit down and share with you. See, they're a ship that's still off in the ocean, wondering where the lighthouse is, not ready to receive the message and the, and, and the power that the light brings. But we just keep seasoning. Keep seasoning, keep seasoning people. So they get to a place at their darkest point. Steve, can you come and help? Can you just speak into my marriage? Speak into my family. I don't know how to raise my kids. My daughter's running off. My son's doing this. Hey, let me just speak about some things first. And the lighthouse keeper must be ready for those moments. There's no point turning the light on in the lighthouse during the day. Is there? Seems quite pointless. You're like, what's that thing on for? It's not helping anyone. But when the darkness comes, light must follow and flood into that circumstance. Sharon L. Adler said this, God built lighthouses to see people through storms. Then he built storms to remind people to find lighthouses. Isn't that just like what happens in our world? You know, as believers, as Christians, often we start looking at the storm. You know, the darkness comes and the challenges come and then God goes, hey, 
Let me just remind you, people around your world speaking over you, praying for you. That's right, Jesus, you are the light of the world. You are the hope of my world. Isn't that great? I've got a lighter here, a little lighter. Right now, you're surrounded by light. It's not very impressive, is it? It's not a very impressive light. It's, um, I don't know that I'm allowed to be lighting things in here, but it is what it is. But much like many of us, we are surrounded by light. We are surrounded by this all the time. We have Christian friends. We go to life groups. We're part of a, uh, a serving team. You know, we may work with Christian people, and our light doesn't seem very bright. But can I just have all the lights out right now, Alex? Black as you can make it. As soon as darkness comes, every eye and the focus is on this light. You can see it from afar off. I want you to imagine every single person that doesn't know Christ in the darkness. I know this. People are born, they live, and they die without ever seeing the light. Isn't that powerful? There are people in your world that never will ever see the light of who Christ is. And it's up to us to bring the light in the darkness. Can we just have them up? Thanks. That's why we've got to be in the right place at the right time with the right message. And to have the right message, we've got to have the right spirits speaking to us, right? We've got to have the right uh, information download into our life. We've got to be teachable. We've got to be submissive to what the Word of God says to us, who doesn't like change? I don't like change. I don't think anyone likes change. Not liking change is one thing, but being teachable is something altogether. I don't know anyone who really likes change, but being teachable and allowing the Spirit of God to tell you something and then choosing to be the lighthouse keeper and turning up and turning that switch on and being ready to be taught. I almost said teached. Ready to be taught. It's a powerful place to be. God can work with that. Holy Spirit can work with that. The Holy Spirit can take your circumstance and you can go, you know what? I don't have a lot to offer. I don't have a lot to offer in my, in my world. I don't have the right words. I don't, I'm not a good speaker. I remember a guy named Moses saying a similar thing. I can't speak. Don't worry about it, i got this. You and I are here today because someone spoke into your world. You and I are here today because someone kept the light on. You and I are here today because someone was being a good lighthouse keeper. And I thank God for those people. I thank God for the lighthouse keepers in my world who chose to turn up, chose to discipline themselves, chose to submit themselves to what the Spirit of God is saying, I don't like change, but I hate staying the way I am. I hate staying in my circumstance going, I keep doing this same thing over and over again. God, why can't I move forward? He's like, you can. You just need to stop chopping your own pathways and start listening to where I want to lead you to. Isn't that great? We can be so stubborn sometimes. People are stubborn. I don't know if you've turned on the TV lately or your radio, the wireless. 
Anyone still got a wireless? Yep. Over 50. We've all got wirelesses, right? Anyone know what a wireless is under 50? No. <laughs> you know, we live in a world today, I mentioned secular humanism earlier, and fundamentally it's worldliness. And the naive wisdom of men outside of God is led by an antichrist spirit. The naive wisdom of men is led by an antichrist spirit and it'll give itself to whatever desire turns their head. Whatever, that, whatever you lean into, this spirit will turn your head to and indulge you in every single way because it doesn't want you looking at the light. It doesn't want you led by the spirit of God. It doesn't want you going, you know what, God, you are my defender, my creator, my I love you, I believe in you. You're an incredible powerhouse in my world. No weapon formed against me can prosper. No challenge in my world can come to fruition. I will not have my hope robbed because Jesus is my great hope. I won't. I just won't. Sometimes you get kicked in the shins and knocked down and sometimes there's circumstances that aren't easy. Sometimes I feel a little down. But Jesus is always my great hope. The Spirit of God is always my leader. He's my kingship, my head. He's a great 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 thing that I lean into every time because I believe that we are saved by grace through hope isn't that right yep <laughs> saved by faith saved by faith humanism takes something like Psalm 23 worldliness takes Psalm 23 and says this the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want he makes me lay down in green pastures he leads me beside still waters restores my soul he leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. This is what the word of God says. It says, we've got green pastures, we've got still waters, we've got restoration and direction. But worldliness takes that and it'll say this, you don't need God. You can be your own God. It'll take everything that we declare and flip it on its head. You can be your own shepherd. And when you can't lead yourself any further, then you can find someone else that can lead you. It might be work. It might be something that you lean into. You might find the gym might be your guru. It might be the thing that you're going to pour your life into. Not that there's anything wrong with that. But if it takes the place and the focus of who God is, then there's a problem. And then when the devil's done with that, when you can't be led by somebody else anymore, um, then you'll say, well, I'll be my mentor. I'll lead myself. I'm just going to listen to my own voice, do what feels good, do what feels right in my world. Has anyone ever, I won't say that, I know many of people that have done that and ended up worse than where they've started because their focus becomes inward and they cannot fix something that only the Spirit of God can fix and lead you to. There's plenty of, uh, there's plenty of places where you can get help from, don't get me wrong. But I'll tell you, there's a void within you that was created because we were born into sin and we have free will and we need to find who Christ is in our world. I'm not talking about being a member of a church. I'm talking about finding Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Saviour where the blood has washed away your sin and set you free. Where Jesus is my great hope. Where I can talk to the Spirit of God and fellowship the Spirit of God 
Holy Spirit of God, I just thank you for your grace and your mercy around my life. I thank you for your grace and your mercy around my family. I thank you for your grace and mercy around my kids. Father God, I just thank you to teach me wisdom. Let me lead them to righteousness, Father God. Let me speak in the circumstances. I'm like Moses. I don't have words, but I trust in you. Right place, right time, right message. We always get the right message when we go to the right source. Amen. When you go to the wrong source, you get the wrong message. Because that message is often filtered through brokenness and hurt. Experience that isn't cleansed through the Word of God, that isn't given to the Word of God, that isn't given to the Spirit of God. The most dangerous place to find yourself is believing the lies that you want to hear. It is a very dangerous place. Because what will happen is that you'll follow that that rabbit hole because it leans into your circumstance. Can I just say the neighbourhood you live in is full of lighthouses. You're one of them. Often the keepers are on holidays. The lighthouse keepers are on holidays. When we accepted salvation, we accepted the job of a lighthouse keeper. The word of God says this, Make disciples of all men, love one another, and forgive one another. That's your job. That's your role. Make disciples of one another, uh, of all men, love one another, and forgive as God forgave you. Who's forgiven in the house this morning? Come on, who's forgiven in the house this morning? I'm forgiven. I'm forgiven. I'm set free. I walk in the... who Jesus Christ has called me to be. We are called to forgive people the same way. I'm not going to go into what the Word of God says about that, but we have a responsibility as lighthouse keepers to make sure that we forgive people the way we've been forgiven. Matthew 5.14 says this, For the light of the world is set on a hill and cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp or put it under a basket, but stand Uh, But understand, and it gives light to all in the house. It's the same way. Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. My second thought, and just quickly it says, if you want to brighten your light, you need to trim your wick. Clarity, strength, and your light's reach is dependent on the words that come out of your mouth and the attitudes of your heart. That's a tough one, isn't it? That's a tough one. God's not afraid of the dark. God's not afraid of your dark. God's not afraid of a non-believer's dark because he loves them as he loves you. Jesus died for them as he died for you and I. So we've got to make sure that we are clear and our light's clear. There's nothing worse than having a light that's covered in dust and it's dull. And it really serves not a lot of purpose. It's like having a 25-watt light globe. You're kind of like, well, not very helpful in dark places. God's not afraid of your dark, but the devils are afraid of your light. The devil's afraid of who you can be, the purpose that God's called you to. They want to keep you from getting brighter and brighter and influence your world. Jesus removed. Let me just lay some things out for you. The power from the things that hide in the dark in your life. 
There is no power to them. Jesus' blood washed them away. It broke the power of them. Jesus said that you and I are sons and daughters of the Most High, that you and I are citizens of heaven. Jesus told us that we are more than conquerors. Come on, get excited. We, we are His righteousness. Jesus said we, do, we will do greater things than Him as we walk in His Spirit. Jesus is our advocate, our defender, our deliverer. I want you to remember one thing. The devil wants you to focus on a skirmish, not on the victory that Jesus has already run. Can I just have that uh, lights down again? People are born, they live, and they die in the dark if you can't shine your light. If your light is dull, make disciples of all men, love one another, forgive each other. Thanks, we can have that up. As we begin to declare, come on, you are my fortress, Jesus. You are my rock, you are my defender, you are my deliverer. You are the Alpha, the Omega, you are the beginning and the end. We start to declare these things in the darkness of people's lives, over people's lives, over family lives. We start to speak to the darkness because darkness has never overshone the light. Darkness has never overpowered the light. I love the fact that the darkness can't win. It's only through the declaration of your lips and the attitude of your submission can you trim that wick in your heart. Isn't that powerful? And when, we are, when hope fills our lives, when we are, start to outwork what hope looks like, light spills from within us. You know someone that's walking in hope and walking in light because it exudes from who they are. We begin to fulfill the purpose to which we are called. And that's to be a lighthouse in darkness. Right place, right time, right message. Isaiah 60 says this, Arise, shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. See, the darkness covers the whole earth and the thick darkness covers people's lives. But the Lord rises upon you and his glory appears over you. Isn't that beautiful? As we start to close this morning, I want to read you a quote. John Hag, I think he's named Hag. I don't know. Here it comes. It says, We are indeed the light of the world but only if our switch is on. Come on. Turn your switch on this morning, church. Allow the Spirit of God to speak to those places that are in darkness, even in our own world. Let the Spirit of God flick that switch in your life. Start to declare these things over your world. You are my Lord. You are my Savior. You are my Deliverer. You are my Defender. I love you, Father God. Spirit of God, direct me and lead me and guide me. Lord, fill me with wisdom and grace, Father God. Show in my mind, I pray this prayer all the time, show me the bits of shrapnel that stop me from moving forward. Show me the pieces that are blocking your words coming into my ears and my heart. Speak to me in these places. And sure enough, something will pop up and I'll just submit that to the Word of God. I'll spit that, submit that to the Spirit of God and go, God, forgive me for holding on to that. I'm going to let that go unto you. I'm going to give it to you. I may have been hurt. I may have been broken. People may have spoken against me, but that's their problem. 
I'm not carrying that anymore. I'm not going to allow the spirit, I'm not going to allow the spirit of this world to come and continue to push that deeper into my life. I'm going to release it from my heart. And I'm going to allow that thing in my world to heal. And the spirit of God will just be like a balm that calms and brings healing and grace to those areas in your world. Isn't that beautiful? You are the light of the world. Right place, right time. So many young and women, young men and women in this world, next door, down the road, around the corner, in your schools, in your workplaces, will only hear the word of God because God has placed them in your world. We've got to be ready. Got to be ready. The annoying people. Come on, who's got some annoying people in their world? We do. Like These are real people. And you know what? They don't mean to be annoying. They're just challenges in their world that we need to be a healing balm to, that we need to shine light to and then lead them out of these places. No one means to be annoying, do they? Really? Aaron, I'm not looking. No one means to be annoying, but often these things trap people where they are and they don't know how to fix it. What they need is some light in their world. They need this little thing here to shine in their darkness. And that's your job as a lighthouse keeper. Now, Jesus is our great safe harbour. As we close today, Jesus is our great safe harbour. You are a lighthouse. You're a lighthouse. There's probably 200 suburbs represented here that people need to see your light. You need to position yourself. You want to see a move of God? Flick the switch on. Trim the wick. Position yourself to speak into someone's world because it's only in the darkness where light can be shone. You may see yourself as being dim, nothing to say, no influence, but I tell you what, when you position yourself, God will bring people into your world. Like that young man, I was able to lead him in an incredible way from darkness into light. I didn't, honestly, I didn't want to do that. I wanted to stay home. But positioning, right place, right time, right message. God will bring people around your world that only you can speak to. God will bring people around your world that that, that you can just go, hey, I understand, this is my journey. And you can take a small little light and turn it into a great salvation, life-saving, soul-giving, beautiful moment for somebody. Take them from darkness into light. Take them from an eternity without Christ to an eternity with Christ. Would you choose to be a lighthouse keeper today, church? Be ready for darkness to come. Be aware and awake and understand that there is darkness all around this world. That there is darkness all around people's lives. But the great discipline of who we are is declaring the great things of who God is. Amen. The great things of, and the great messages that Jesus has brought, the great salvation that the blood has won. So we can speak into people's lives and be the light 
to all men. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I know this message will keep speaking to you as you continue your day. So for more information about City Point West, jump on citypointchurch.com or follow our social media accounts, Instagram, City Point West, or our Facebook, City Point Church West. Have a great day.